calling all car dealers in Ontario. Protect your clients from hefty insurance premium surcharges coming in September while simultaneously saving on your garage policy premium. With insurance premiums skyrocketing on high-theft vehicles, your clients could save up to $12,500 over five years. Increase your profits and enhance your savings with Invisitrack Locate. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the September 29th, 2023 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. My guest this week spent more than a month bargaining with Ford Motor Company of Canada, and he's here to tell us what that was like. He'll tell us what's in the newly ratified deal, why he believes it's a winner, and he'll talk about the impact UAW President Sean Fain is having on negotiations between Unifor and the Detroit 3 automakers. All that and more when I speak with the head of Unifor's Ford Master Bargaining Committee, John Dagnolo, on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Let's start here, John. How would you classify or describe or characterize these latest talks when compared to others in the past? They were totally different. When, when you look at the expectations of the membership and the challenges that we had with the, uh, when you think about the UAW and uh, bargaining at the same time with them, it, it's uh, it's been a much different set of bargaining than we traditionally go through. What kind of wrinkle did that simultaneous bargaining with the UAW apply to this process? And did it play out the way you expected when you agreed to bargain at the same time? No, I, I think it was important that we, uh, we had the opportunity to lead bargaining because we wanted to make sure we focused on pensions. We haven't had it in 15 years. Mm-hmm. And in 2011, UAW bargained and, you know, we, they, they didn't get it. In 2015, they didn't get it. In 2019, they didn't get it. So it was our turn to see if we could actually get some increases in the pensions. And I know the president across the water, we, we got the opportunity to talk to him and he wanted to do the same. So um, I think it was important that we were able to get that. And COLA, for instance, COLA again is back since 08, 09. So we had some improvements that we haven't seen in 15 years. And I think it was important that we had the opportunity to lead bargaining to make sure we got those items. John, I was told by some close to the talks on September 18th, strike deadline day, that pensions were really the biggest sticking point down the stretch. Was that true? Was that sticking point? Yes, pensions were a huge issue for the company. Pensions and our retirees were the sticking point. So that went, we we seen movement, but there wasn't enough movement. So we continued to go past the deadline. Because uh, once you get that movement, you don't want it to stop. So we wanted to continue to bargain, and we got the increases. Uh, We always want more, but when you look at the agreement itself, we're talking about we're talking about benefits. Um, We're talking about the growing. When you think about the growing alone, how expensive that is, dropping it four years. So someone that has one-year seniority by the end of this contract will have an 80% raise, which is unbelievable when you think about it. So those, what traditionally what we used to do is every six years, just focus on pensions, not really look at increases across the board. But in this case, we not only got pensions, we got COLA, we got um, uh, the growing reduced, 
and we got $10,000 for the members. We got uh, huge increases in our benefits. So um, across the board, uh, it, it was a good contract. I have to address this, John. 54% of the membership voted to ratify the deal. That's much lower than the 81% that ratified the contract back in 2020. So what does the 54% say? Or to word it differently, what does the 46% who didn't vote in favor for the contract say? Well, the, what they were looking at was more money on the pensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my members, because I have a very senior membership. But when we, when we look at bargaining as a whole... That's not the case at other sites. Right. And we have people at other sites, for instance, in Oakville, they had so much downtime. They were working two jobs to survive. Right. Because the rent, the cost of rent, the cost of food. Um, but whenever you're, you're close to the end, you just are focused on one thing because you want to retire. But when you're in front of a bargaining table, you're focused on everybody. Yeah. And and this was the case here. We had to make sure that we had huge improvements for those low seniority workers because the cost of living here alone has gone through the roof. And then when you look in the Toronto area, it's even that much more. So we had to not only, we had to make sure that those workers were able to get a paycheck. They could afford food and rent. Are you disappointed in that 54% number? Did you expect it? How do you feel about that number? No, I'd be lying if I, uh, said I wasn't disappointed. Um, I was hoping, I was hoping to see higher numbers for sure. Um, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. I think, um, when no different than me, when you sit down and look at the overall package and the members start getting the money in their pocket, I think they will uh, look at it differently. How important was that $10,000 bonus? I would think that it mattered a lot given higher interest rates, rising costs, bills before the holiday season. How important was a $10,000 bonus? I think that I think I think the 10,000 was very important, but I think what was more important, I had I'll give you an example. I had people 5 years in the grid, right? They're making 26 bucks an hour, $27 an hour. Now they're going to be at 4 now they're in the 40s. Right. That I think that was more impactful. Okay. That's when you think about that. You know, there's you're looking at you know close to five hundred bucks a week on in their paychecks, yep. and and they knew they'll they'll have that for the for the three year contract. So uh, both were very important. It gives the opportunity that ten thousand dollars, if they do have outstanding bills, that they could. That that will support them, but I think the uh, wage increase uh, was more impactful. We'll be right back after this short break. Due to the alarming rise in vehicle thefts, starting September 1st, 2023, Ontario drivers will face a brand new substantial surcharge to their already high insurance premiums to many of your top-selling models, and they need your help. IA Dealer Services has partnered exclusively with KYCS Global Inc. to offer dealerships across Canada the Invisitrack Locate Vehicle Recovery Program. Invisitrack Locate is recognized in the insurance industry as a solution to auto theft loss, so much so that insurance providers will waive the premium surcharge for consumers who install an Invisitrack Locate device in their vehicle. 
You can help your clients by simply adding an Invisitrack Locate with their vehicle purchase. Invisitrack Locate will save your eligible clients between $500 and $2,500 on their insurance surcharge per year for the next five years. Yes, you heard that right. You can save your clients between $2,500 and $12,500 over the next five years, all while adding a new revenue stream to your dealership and providing your customers with the most effective asset location and recovery device on the market. Now is the time to act. Contact your IA Dealer Services consultant today and ask how Invisitrack Locate can help you and your clients save money and recover stolen vehicles before they end up gone forever. Welcome back to the podcast where I'm speaking with the head of Unifor's Ford Master Bargaining Committee, John Dagnolo. What do you say to the folks out there who don't think the deal is good enough, who wanted an 8% raise in each of the three years, for example? Uh, I think the folks were looking across the board. That the challenge, those folks were looking at uh, what the UAW was looking at, but they weren't looking at the comparables. Okay. So the, so in the UAW, they have what they call a temporary workforce that moves into the growing. Now, that temporary workforce starts at fifteen eighty two an hour. And when you think about that, a 20% increase just in the first year if they get it, and I hope they do, won't even give them $20 an hour. So the, when they were looking at what what the UAW was asking for, a lot of the people didn't know what they made. And I think um, if they looked at that that way, they would have said something different. But they, they didn't compare um, when you look at the wages and when you look at the, the whole package as a whole, because those members have to pay also into their benefits. So there's a lot of things that our our package is totally different than the UAW's package, but they were really focused on that. And I had members telling me we should get 20%, we should get 24%. But once, once if they would have realized they did the comparables when it comes to wages across the board from the UAW to, to Unifor, you'd have seen why that president was saying, listen, we need a substantial increase. And uh, that I don't think that was the case. It isn't an apples to apples comparison to compare Unifor to the UAW, is it? And how do you get your members to understand that? Well, I, I, I think that what will happen is hopefully for, for the UAW workers, and I hope they get a settlement soon, they will show where they stand, right? And that'll help the uh, the leadership for Stellantis so they can actually see uh, the improvements they received and then they can do a comparison. And I'm hoping that happens because I don't want to see any workers on strike. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, um, they've been out for quite some time and you never get that money back. And um, I'm hoping uh, with us, bargaining this agreement that Ford will and Ford is talking with the uh, UAW and I hope they get agreement soon and that way uh, the workers in Canada can see the comparables and understand the differences between us and them. One of the things I wanted to talk about is product. It seems the automakers kind of cleared the table of all new product allotment for plants before negotiations began, yet you convinced Ford to up engine production in Windsor, Ontario. 
How did that come to be? Yeah, right now, um, there isn't much out there. But in saying that, we they looked at, I've been asking, and listen, we have quarterly, I've nego- we've negotiated quarterly business review meetings with the vice presidents of the company. Okay. So when we talk about product, I talk about it quarterly um, over the next three years. And um, I'm always open for business is what I tell them. We have a Windsor engine plant that's closed right now. And we will do, we'll build whatever you need for us to build in that, in that, on that site. But we had an opportunity because the expansion of the 7.3 and the sales in the 7.3, the, the company, uh, I asked the company, we have some space at Essex engine plant that can be filled and utilized. And uh, they took a look, did a study and uh, they're going to get back to us in the next uh, week or two. And we're going to go over all, all of that that investment and uh, get the numbers and what's exactly the machines that are going to be going in there and uh, what kind of numbers I'm going to see when it comes to that and how many jobs that will be. Now, I don't want you to pass judgment on UAW President Sean Fain in any way, but I want to address his tactics and his rhetoric. How has that affected bargaining on this side of the border? What kind of impact has he had on uniform members? Well, we've had a ton of questions about that. I and mean, when you just mentioned the 24% increase, that, that comes across the border. So um, it has it has here in Canada because we're a border city, watching the news and seeing that. So it absolutely has impacted us. But like I said earlier, once, once the members understand the total package, um, uh, they'll realize that those members need that type of increase to uh, to have a fair wage. I'd like to thank John for being my guest this week. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.